Welcome to Chief Chat, the official podcast of the Army and Air Force Exchange Service, the Department of Defense's largest retailer. Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Osby, the exchange's senior enlisted advisor, discusses readiness, resiliency, and your exchange benefit with military leaders, Hollywood A-listers, athletes, and more. What is up, my exchange family from all over the world, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chief Chat. My name is Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Osby, and I'm your senior enlisted advisor for the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. Before we get started with our guest today, I would like to introduce my lovely co-hosts, Kiana Holloman and Emily Zarsk. How you doing, ladies? Hi. And and welcome, welcome to the show, Emily. This is your, this is Emily's first yes. team chat. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome, awesome. No. So I'm I'm here reporting reporting live. Say that again. Was that Kiana? Oh no, I was just telling her we're so glad to have her on. Yeah, oh, y'all yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all do an awesome tag team. For those that don't, that don't know. Uh, they were down in Fort Hood uh, doing modeling shoots for our American Eagle line that just um, kind of rolled out. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, and I'm reporting live from Sunny McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida. And we have a wonderful guest today. So without further ado, Kiana, please introduce today's guest. Thanks, Chief. So I'm so excited to introduce today's rockin' awesome guest. He's a member of a prog rock band, and it's, his music has been praised worldwide. Today, he's here to give a military-exclusive look at the band's sophomore album, Remnants. So please give a warm Chief Chat welcome to Four Trips Ahead lead vocalist, Peter Wilson. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey. Hey, welcome, Peter. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Oh, the pleasure is mine, Chief Master Sergeant Osby. I really appreciate you making time for me, and I appreciate your service, and I'm really excited to be on the show with you all. Awesome, awesome. So can you tell our viewers where you're uh, joining us from today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm joining us from not-so-sunny New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Peter, I read somewhere that the pandemic was kind of a catalyst or like a rebirth, if you will, for the band. Um, and I, I feel like for most of us, the pandemic brought a wide variety of emotions. And I guess within the last year of it, um, a bit of energy to kind of push us forward in our desired direction. So how have you and the band been faring during the pandemic? Uh, that's a good question, Kiana. Thanks for asking. Um, it's, uh, I, I, you know, rebirth is a good term. But it, I think it hit us just as hard as it hit all of you and everyone. Um, and I think for artists, the pandemic it was particularly troubling because a lot of what we do is public and our interaction with our art and sharing with people. As a musician, um, our bread and butter is live performance and is uh, touring and is, is sharing our music. And we were kind of literally smack in the middle of recording an album. So there was uh, kind of, we, we, the way we normally record is we record kind of in halves. So we kind of, we had a lot of great songs. So we figured let's make, uh, let's go in and record. And then smack in the middle of us recording, we thankfully finished the basic tracks for five songs. And then um, we planned to take some time down and work on some more material and play out a little bit. And right when you have these best laid plans, we had a global pandemic. So um, so it made us kind of take a step back 
and uh, get tight, tighter with our families, like many of us have. And then kind of in, in our pursuit to try to make sure that we were moving forward um, and not getting really pulled down and depressed about the situation, we decided to be really kind of um, productive. And, and our label kind of said, well, why don't you, if you have this music, why don't we just release it as an EP? And that way, it and people would be listening. And actually, I think it was a great decision. Um, and so we've been just kind of promoting it and getting it out and doing more creative things with it. And That's Peter, exciting. you met, oh, sorry. Sorry, Tiana. Okay. No, you're totally um, fine. I was just saying. And then Peter, you met your bandmates in your hometown of New York City, one of my favorite cities. Fun fact, a lot of people I love live in that amazing city. Um, and how much background influences your sound? Uh, well, it's everything. I think one of the reasons why Four Trips Ahead stands out in terms of the hard rock kind of metal, prog, whatever we were, were labeled this week, uh, Pantheon. <laughs> I just, I just, this is kind of like hard rock music with good melody and, and you know, and, and something to say. I think in New York City, it becomes a stew. So you're kind of, you're mixed in with all these different musical influences and um, you're exposed and you grow up um, kind of surrounded and hearing all sorts of different types of music and playing all sorts of types of music. Because when you're a musician, I think that you should always be playing all sorts of stuff. You might gravitate towards something that connects with you more and that becomes what you play. Like in our case, it's hard rock, you know, music and, and with a lot of different elements. But New York is such a rich environment and you learn a lot. And if you want to survive in the city, and build an audience and a following, you have to be good at what you do and you have to perform. New York audiences have seen everything. So they're not easily impressed. So you, if you can kind of stand your ground in New York and kind of make a name for yourself and perform, that means, you know, when we've gone outside, you know, of New York and played, we've been able to totally hold our own because we're kind of used to the heavy scrutiny and um, and just and I, I don't say that in a negative way. I mean, like you really you have to be a fast learner to really kind of stand out in the city. And I, th I think that's a great thing. So um, when we've been able to play out in other places outside and done tours, um, we've gotten such a strong response because we're kind of used to knowing what audiences want and knowing how to play to a level um, that I think all bands and all musicians should play to. Um, we get what we get normally is is kind of people being shocked that we actually kind of reproduce a lot of the harmonies live and that we can kind of do it because I think a lot of newer artists sound great on record and then you go to shows and you're left uh, feeling lackluster or feeling let down. So I don't think we do that at all. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely well, have to have thick skin in the city. I feel like <laughs> for sure, absolutely. Yeah, they say if you if you if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere, right? That's that's the, <laughs> and, and fun and fun fact for me is my, one of my favorite terms from New York because I'm 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 from Louisiana, so uh, you know I'm anything over three syllables is just, or three syllables or above is just it's just a struggle for me. But bodega, like I bodega is just a, a word that I just for some reason I'm just like man that is the coolest word in the whole wide world. So you know. Just a just a weird thing I just threw out there. So let me let me change subjects. <laughs> so no, bodega bodega means uh, like is like a loving term here for all New Yorkers. They're native New Yorkers, and my drummer is um, 
his background's from Puerto Rico, so you know how we do. But all New Yorkers, like there's certain terms like bodega, which is a good thing. That's a, a place of warmth, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, trust me. I had to Google it first time I heard it. I was like, "What the heck is they talk? What are, what are they talking about?" But uh, I'm I'm good now, though. I'm good. <laughs> so I, I recently read a quote about your band that said, Four trips ahead slickly combines the sounds of '70s hard rock, a smidgen of prog rock sensibilities, and the outside the boxness of alternative rock to create a sound that is both familiar and uniquely their own. That's that's a long quote, real good quote too. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with prog rock, uh, how would you best describe the genre? Wow, yeah, I know we get that tag that prog rock thing. Um, well, it, it's short for saying progressive rock and like progressive music. So I don't think we're prog rock in the same way a group like Dream Theater or a group like Rush or a group like Emerson, Lake and Palmer or Yes or something like that is prog rock. Um, where they're doing a lot of music that is very different and has all sorts of time signatures all the time. And sometimes could be a little more challenging to listen to. Might not be the first thing you pick up, um, but if you become like a muso or you like more challenging sounds, that's kind of where you gravitate. We love a lot of those bands um, and their big influences on us. So, but I think that we combine it. We also really love melody um, and, we, and we love songs. So a lot of prog rock songs can tend to be a lot longer because they're kind of creating movements and they're trying to say many things within songs. But I think our sensibility about it is that we kind of have these, we like changing some of our time signatures or doing things that are a little more challenging in spurts. So you'll hear, and I think a lot of great groups do that. I mean, even, you know, even stuff like the Beatles, you know, and obviously a lot of the you know, a lot of early kink stuff and, and certainly Pink Floyd, they did things like that too. Um, but I think it was more in the context of like pop music. So I think we kind of come from the school where, you know, just as we were talking about our influences before, we kind of sprinkle the progness without, but we certainly sound a little bit different than straight ahead rock and pop. So I think that that's where people kind of hear this prog thing going on. Um, and maybe also because we, we do a lot of harmonies in our music and like I said, there are a lot of um, interludes or passages where the time is a little less obvious. Um, but I think it's done still in the context of writing good songs. I don't think we ever set out to write songs and say, okay, we're going to write something very complicated today. Um, that's not what it is. If it appeals to us or if it's sincere and we're just feeling that way, we go that way. Or if we feel the song calls for it. Um, because we're about music at the end of the day and, and like wanting people to kind of feel connected to it. So we're not going out of our way to write really complicated things, but sometimes that happens. Um, and I think certainly going back to the questions before talking about the pandemic, um, I think also when you have a lot of time to reflect and you're writing music, you can kind of sometimes get a little muso and write in your own head. And, but I think that it's really important as a band to really please yourself first. And the four of us really like it. We always just hope that other people will really like it too. And so we try to be true to ourselves and sell it that way. So some of the music kind of does that. And then there's some parts that are a little more straightforward. But I think we like to mix it up. But a lot of other people in the hard rock, metal, kind of pop world, when they hear it, they say, oh, it sounds a little like prog. But I, I kind of hear it, um, groups like King's X or older groups like Living Color um, kind of do things like that. But newer groups, you know, like even stuff like Disturbed, you know, they do some stuff that's 
goes a little bit left at times or groups like Lamb of God or Opeth. Um, they do creative things. So I think that any group after a while, if you're playing together, you want to try to stretch the boundaries. And so sometimes people see that as being progressive. And I'll take that tag if that's what they're referring to. Gotcha. So, so what would you like to be, uh, what genre would, or do you not want to be put in the box at all? Do you just want to be? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm bad with that. No, I mean, I just call it really, I call it like, we're definitely, I think a safe place to start is like hard rock, but I don't know, you know, like I think Americans are really caught up in categorization, right? Cause yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get that, you know, cause commercially you want to sell something. So certainly we're not making Marvin Gaye records or, you know, we're not making, um, you know, we're not making Steel Pulse albums or, you know, so, and I love R&B and, and reggae, but we're not doing that. So I get that. But I would probably say that we're more like, you know, a hard rock band that incorporates a lot of different elements to our music. That's great. No, I was listening to some of your tracks um, just a few weeks ago, um, Higher being one of them. And we talk about that connectedness and just connecting to the music and Instantly, I just wanted to sling my hair like around the living room and just rock out because the music just has this really great energy about it. And you are so passionate with your delivery, like your music's contagious. And as a younger millennial, I just really felt connected to the music. And I can kind of feel like a purging of those emotions and kind of tap into what you were relating, you know, in your music. So I guess what source are you tapping into um, when you're creating music? Um, and what are you channeling when you're creating and how do you prepare to bring that same energy to the actual performance on stage? Wow. You asked like multiple questions in one. They were all really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, you know, it's funny. I don't really think too much. Of, I, I don't want to sound like I'm not thinking about the music, but I don't overly analyze it as such. Um, I kind of, I feel like lyrically, I'm paying a lot of attention. I like to tell stories and kind of connect to how I'm feeling. And I like being uh, an observer, you know, going back into being from New York, um, you know, our main studios in the heart of Manhattan in New York City on 8th Avenue and Midtown. And um, so a lot of times I'm traveling late night, you know, from rehearsals or two rehearsals, um, or I'm writing or I'm or going and thinking a lot while I'm traveling on buses and trains. And so that's when I usually, I kind of observe people and things. I think about what's happening in locally, what's happening internationally, and kind of it all becomes stories. And then depending on the music and how we're, we're, write, and we're writing and we get together, we're kind of jamming out ideas. I, I love this band because the four of us kind of throw ideas at one another. And, and no idea is off limits. And I think we're comfortable enough around each other to not be nervous about what the other three think. So a lot of times we're just like, hey, what do you think of this? Or we're trying things or things come up. And then when we connect on something, you feel it right away. And so um, my job as a singer um, and writer is to kind of capture the energy of the music and create, uh, create like a story that I think connects and, and really is uh, has like a lineage to what the music is saying and representing. So I kind of write sincerely and some, and a lot of times it's observation or it's take, trying to take on characters. I like putting myself in other people's shoes and trying to imagine things. And other times I like talking straight from the heart and where I'm at. So I think that that makes it easy because it's so sincere and I'm not trying to necessarily emulate something or to write about something I don't know about. Um, I have a lot of respect for people who try to do that. 
Uh, there are a lot of authors that do that. I'm not great at that. I like to tell stories that I know, or at least that I have an affinity to or connect with. And then I think that that translates to how we record our music and how we perform live. And I, and I think that people have been connecting really well with Four Trips Head, especially this last EP, because I think they hear that it's sincere and it's coming from a real place and you want to rock out. Um, I think, you know, in your, in your, at your home or whatever, you know, I think a lot of people connect that way when they feel it, you know, and not to sound like lame, but if you don't feel something, I think it's really hard to kind of um, do it. Like I never could, I was really bad at doing cover songs and joining cover bands. I always have respect for musicians that can do that. Who are like, I can learn other people's songs. I can perform them really well and I can do these things for it. And I think there's a time and place for that. I'm terrible at that. Um, occasionally I'll do a cover song if I feel really connected to it, but I've always been about writing my own music and singing because that's an experience that I can really directly correlate to. Um, and so I think that that's what you're picking up on and other people connect to it. Um, so yeah, so I don't know if that's a long convoluted answer, but that's kind of like the idea is just, you have to write from a place that you feel connected with and you feel is true. Um, and sometimes it leads you to dark places. And sometimes it leads you to really recognize things that you didn't know about yourself. So I feel like a lot of the music for me, when I sing, I can really tap into the joy, the pain, the insecurity, um, loneliness at times and redemption at other times. I can kind of tap into all those feelings because I'm writing from it from a sincere place. So speaking of create your creativity, creativity and your emotions. I cannot speak. I'm so sorry. Um, I was just really drawn into your answer and then I forgot it was my turn to speak clearly. So I apologize. But so speaking of your creative process, the band's latest song, Reminence, um, it reflects on passion behind your emotions as well. So what's the story behind that single? Okay, well, the song, the, the EP is called Remnants, and the, but the single you're talking about, the first single, Remnants, um, that is, uh, wow, how do I encapsulate that quickly? So it's about the idea of, um, it's, it's about the idea of recognizing you're in a place and you're kind of maybe at a job or you're at a, play, a stage in your life where you feel like, um, some, something is like you, you've had the wool pulled over your eyes and you've been kind of following along and doing what society tells you to do. And then you start to recognize that or maybe feel like maybe you're more of a pawn and less of someone that has, um, that has power over their destiny, that kind of really has um, an ability to move forward on their own and you feel a bit trapped. And then you start questioning kind of what's happening in general. You kind of see yourself... In, as a, within a sea of ants where a lot of people have that and are not maybe questioning in the same way they should be. Um, and then asking yourself, like, why, you know, why am I in this situation? And, and, you know, should I, should I break out of it? And then watching and, and there are other, but you know, each verse has a little bit of a different kind of take. And I don't want to explain the whole story away because I like people to kind of take their own things in it, but it's the idea of questioning stuff and then feeling that a lot of, I wrote it from a place where I felt like um, a lot of people that kind of don't fit the norm and are like leaders and, and people that, and, that are pioneers that kind of take chances, um, a lot of them become our martyrs and people that we really connect with. Um, 
And then we recognize that they made some sacrifices because they didn't want to be in this sea. They, they, and they felt that other people should have more and deserve more. And so there's a refrain that says, you know, why do I remain? The idea that like, if I, I don't feel so good here and I, why am I here? Kind of why am I doing this? And is there a way that we can break out of it? So the idea of remnants is kind of like what's left behind, right? Pieces, you know, like the literal definition is like what's left behind. So in this case, it's kind of thinking about what's left behind for all of us. Um, you know, do we do we stay here and kind of just keep eating eating the soup, you know, so to speak, or do we keep you know going and doing the same things, or do we recognize this and maybe say, can we carve our own spaces? Can we can we find some happiness here, you know, while we're here because this time is really limited. So it's one of those places. So there's a darkness or a dark underbelly to it, and you certainly hear it in the song. It's very powerful, um, you know, but it's also it could also be seen as a bit of a rebirth too where you kind of see these things and you go through this painful realization only to kind of be reborn and say, I want to do things a little differently. Um, Cause the end of the song says you hear me calling. So we're not sure is this person calling because they're frustrated and they're ending it all. Or are they calling because, you know, you know, they're, they want to get out of this sinking hole or this ship and they kind of want to give themselves over to something new and take that chance and dive. So, I kind of, I, I like leaving it kind of, a lot of our songs are left kind of unresolved. You can blame me lyrically for that, but. Um, <laughs> no, I love that though, because it's never ending. Life's never ending. And when I listened to that song, I felt like I was coming out of a tunnel. You know, I just felt like I was like following the light and coming out of a tunnel. That's just kind of how I felt listening to that song, which is life in a nutshell, I feel like. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm glad, I'm glad it connects with you that way. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely it definitely hits hits on a like the journey of life, right? And and you grow up and you learn things a certain way because of where you grew up or who you grew up around. And then you know at some point in life you start uh, thinking about start questioning things that you learned and you 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 take some stuff with you, but then you unlearn some stuff that that uh, maybe was good for that point in time in your life, but not good at, the, at a certain point in your life. So. It's definitely a, a very deep, deep subject uh, when you kind of kind of tap in and make people think. So uh, I'm glad that EP was able to to kind of make people think about just life in general. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's also why, um, you know, why it's connecting with people that way, because the five songs had this similar theme. So that's why we kind of recorded them together. Um, we had them ready and they kind of had a theme, a loose theme, which is why the EP is called Remnants. Um, and it's the idea of, you know, what do you leave behind? What do you, what do you trade off? And like you said, kind of reassessing yourself as you go through life, certain things um, that you connected with either change or sometimes they grow deeper. Um, a lot of things, a lot of my connections to certain things mean more now and they kind of stay with you. And then there are other things which just kind of naturally fall off and that's okay. Um, you see that, but the idea is being true to yourself and sort of recognizing like what you know, do I need material things um, to make me happy? Or are those distractions? Um, when pe Do people take things from you emotionally um, that leave you uh, feeling maybe scarred or feeling a little more hurt than you should? And can you shed that? So there are remnants of that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that defines you, you know? So it's all these relationships kind of intertwined in these songs. Yeah, that's awesome. So. 
So uh, the Remnants EP is now streaming on all platforms. So for all our folks out there watching, go listen to the Remnants EP. And so for rock fans who have yet to kind of tap into the greatness of your band, um, what song from the project would you recommend them listen to first? Oh, wow. That's hard. I would just say listen to like the whole thing. It's only the EP is only five <laughs> songs. I would say listen to the whole thing. But I would probably start, you know, like start with the singles that are released. So we, we released Remnants, uh, which was first. Um, and that seems to connect with people really well. And then there's also It's All Right, which I think is a great song and also connects. It's our second single. And we have the new one, which I can't remember who mentioned that they really liked it. But our newest single that it's going to be officially coming out as a single in the coming weeks is called Higher. And that's kind of um, also talking about the theme of coming of getting over and feeling better and, and reaching for you know better when you don't feel so good. Um, but higher is a good song. So any of those three, I would start with. Yeah, I think Kiana mentioned about slinging her hair uh, in her living <laughs> living room. And I'm, I'm for, for right now. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous because I'm I'm the only person on this podcast that can't sling their hair at all. So so thank you, Kiana. Appreciate you for making me feel better. <laughs> of course, I'll sling it a little extra hard for you. Um, <laughs> <also>. <laughs> While we're on the topic, we of do energy have someone in the comments. We do have someone in the comments, Kiana, that wants you to sling your hair. So just know that that's been requested. (laughs) You know what? There might be an opportunity for you guys to see that for sure, actually. (laughs) But we were speaking about just the good energy, um, Peter. Like you brought so much great energy to us today. Um, The things that you've been saying, um, obviously, you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Four Trips Ahead viewers, you should. Their music is just so like it resonates with you and it, it really gets, you know, that energy just going. And right now I'm a really big on astrology. That's how I am. So it's the United States Pluto return and um, Mars and Venus are dancing together in the sky right now. So there's so much good energy and energy for change and energy for us to just get out there and do what we do, do what we want to do and kind of move ahead. So that's really exciting. But since we have you on live today, Peter, and, you know, the military community is watching what would be some of your gems that you would like to share with our nation's heroes? Wow. I feel first thing I want to say is that I, I like my, my, how do I say this in a, in a quick way? First thing is the amount of respect and the love that I have for all of you um, that have taken the time to sacrifice um, for our country and for our safety and also for, for how, how we're seen and how we're viewed in the world is huge. So I have a a deep, deep, dear connection and I have many close friends and people I've grown up with that, you know, went into the military in different offices. So all of you on this panel and all of you who are listening and watching, um, the greatest amount of respect uh, that I can share in a succinct way um, goes out to you and and also to you and your families um, because we're going through very tough times now. And I think it's just amazing that you've all chosen to give your lives to service. Um, and and just for all of you to know that it means a great deal to us. And it's not mentioned enough. It should be. Um, I see myself as a musician and, and within this band, my little contribution to this earth is to try to make people sometimes forget the rough situations they're in or to see kind of uh, a way out of not good situations or to question. And then sometimes just to have a great time and to forget everything that's kind of holding you down. So my, my feeling is, I don't know if I would give words of wisdom or anything like that. I don't think you need that from me, 
But I think um, my hope is that the music that we put out can inspire you, uh, fire you up when you need it, uh, to get you through wherever you're, you're at. Um, and more importantly, to connect you to, I think, a global community, because music is a universal language. So what's been great is that we've been able, our music has kind of been, you know, our, our labels from Europe, so they've been able to kind of really get our music to a lot of different channels and places we never imagined. We have like a lot of love from South America and different parts of Europe and all over the US and Canada. And so it's been really, really uh, life affirming for us. It kind of brings back the energy. It becomes cyclical, right? So the music that we're doing that has high energy, um, we put out and then we feel that energy coming back from people that appreciate our music and that share it with other folks and watch our videos and so forth. So it's really, um, it's very special. So I would just say, um, I'm not sure if I'm quite answering your question, but I guess my, my words would just be that um, we're deeply inspired by your dedication and it, it kind of that inspiration goes back to us um, in real ways. And I think that, um, you know, being from the United States and feeling really safe more more times than not within, you know, this thing, this experiment that, of a democracy that we have, um, it, it means a lot to see people like all of you sacrificing a great deal of your lives to, to protect us and to make us feel that we all have a, a claim here. So I hope our music can inspire others and, and keep you all as excited um, and, and connected to one another. Man, Peter, you, you can drop the mic or, or, or no, you're, you're hard, you're hard on, so you can smash the mic, like, throw it against the wall. Like that's, you, you're dropping some, some major gems today and, and we appreciate what you do as well. Like you said, you, you provide an escape or, or you make us think uh, or just all the things that comes with music. Music lives forever, right? And so long after you're gone, your, your music will be there to influence the work, the generation behind us. And so that's that's a that's a crazy thing when you think about it. But uh, we appreciate uh, you sharing your art form with the world. Now, now we got a special video to share with our viewers today. Uh, so if you don't mind, we'll, we'll go ahead and cue the video. And then here's an exclusive uh, live performance of Remnants.
much. <laughs> yeah, we were really, it was really fun for us. We hadn't, um, we, you know, we get together and rehearse. We hadn't been back to the studio where we um, recorded the EP in a while. And so we kind of contacted them and said, let's do something special for Chief Chat. So it worked out really well. Oh, oh that was a Chief Chat exclusive? That was you. You guys are the first to, to do. We record live for you. There are going to be some other things that are going to be on our social media sites, but we want you guys to be. This was live exclusive for you all. So, oh, that's well, I got to make the I got to make the noise. Oh my god! So um, we loved that. Obviously, I loved that. Um, I love the lyrics. So much, and I know I talked briefly how when I listened to it, I felt like I was kind of coming out of the darkness into the tunnel. Um, one of my favorite lyrics in that song actually um, is, you see it turn in their favor. And I feel like you're in the thick of it. And you feel like you've been wronged. You're like the person that wronged me, everything's happening. But at the end, it's almost like there's a different path for you. I don't know, that got a little deep, but that's, I just like love that song. Cause it's a good reminder that like, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. and our fans loved it too and we have a lot of questions in the comments i'm gonna try to get to as many as i can but we did have one from chris and he's asking that wall of vinyl behind you how many <laughs> albums do you own and how do you know what you're looking for <laughs> all right chris i don't know where chris is from so i'm gonna do a quick like thing here it's a little bit oh crazy. my gosh yeah. So we wow. call in my, in my, uh, I, so listen, I like before people lose their mind and they're going to be alive people, they'll be like, really? That's, that's all you got. <laughs> I have, <laughs> but I call this, this thing, uh, this all behind me is like homework. It's, uh, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, it really is that way. Like I listen, I love music. I grew up around music. So when a lot of people kind of had other things, I never got rid of my records. So, I mean, these are from when I was a child to now. So um, that's the one thing I kind of, other than, you know, our own musical instruments and endeavors, the only thing I really spend money on for me is is records and music. So, and the way I do it, Chris, really simply, I know you're going to laugh. He's probably going to be like, what a, what a wise guy. But I just put everything in alphabetical order. I'm, I, I don't have time. Th those record guys that are into genres and, you know, years they came out. I mean, within within uh, an artist, you know, um, that I have, I'll have like all their records in the order they released them. But I put everything in alphabetical order. So John Coltrane is mixed in with Aretha, you know, and is mixed in with ACDC and, you know, and whatever else I'm listening to this morning. I was listening to Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. So everything's in alphabetical order, Chris, because I'll tell you, if I put this, if I put something back in the wrong place, um, that's it. It's gone. You know, take <laughs> it's lost forever. So, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, a lot of this is my anal retentiveness, but more of it is practical. You just put it all together. And I also feel like I like listening to music that way because I feel like, you know, just like I don't like my music to be kind of encapsulated in one. I listen to all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, like, you know, whether it be something like you know Bob Marley and the Whalers, or if I'm listening to. I don't know, like I'm listening to, I have the new Saxon record, which is like classic metal record from, you know, metal band from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s from England. Um, I just like, I like putting my music off of alphabetical course so I can just find it easy. Um, but also I never know what my mood, where my mood's going to take me. 
and what songs I wake up listening to. And also I find when we're about to go into record, um, when we record our new records, I like listening to a lot of different music. And in particular, I like listening to records that are produced really well. Um, I produce the records with four trips and, um, and so sonically it's very important for me to like listen to records. I consider great sounding albums and why they sound great. And they're also just insp inspirational to me. So, yeah. So I don't know if that's, if that answers your question, Chris, but alphabetical is the way to go. Forget anything else that you're doing. <laughs> and we did have, um, Julie was asking what your musical influences are. Or who? Ooh. Wow, um, that's a really, that that's a chief chat unto itself. Um, like it's all over. <laughs> so a quick a quick way of answering this question is: so um, my mother um, was from Ukraine and my father was from Jamaica. So um, and they were both very. My mom was a singer amongst other things and had been on recorded like traditional Ukrainian choral music and traveled and toured with her chorus. And, and they were from New York City. They were very popular at what they did. My father, you know, grew up listening to jazz and ska music. And my mom and dad loved reggae music and loved jazz and loved pop and all sorts of stuff. So I heard, I grew up listening to everything from the Beatles to Don Drummond's and the Scatlights to Nina Simone to a ton of other things all in between. So I grew up with all these differences. And then I grew up at a really cool time where music was kind of going all over the place. So I, my influences are really, I, I know it's such a corny response and people are like, oh, it's lame how responding, but I, I, there, it's literally all over the place. I went to music and art and I was an art major, but I also did music. And so you kind of, you become a sponge. So I love everything from really heavy metal stuff like Meshuga and I like early Pantera and then I'll turn around and I'll love something like i think marvin gaye's what's going on is the best record almost ever made or the whalers burning or I'll, or nia simone's pastel blues um i also love groups like king's x um i love early aerosmith i'm a huge queen fan i'm a huge thin lizzy fan um those you know those are artists i consistently go back to um but as a band we listen to so many things um my guitar player went to school and he went to nyu and he studied um, music theory and learned jazz stuff my bass player also um and my drummer are both all formally musical trained and they listen to you know all sorts of different music so you know we love peter gabriel we love seal but then we'll turn around we'll love like allison chains and Soundgarden and stuff like that so it's really it's still all over the place and i know it sounds like it but it really is which is why kind of when you listen to four trips you'll hear um, it's definitely hard rock and metal people like it too, but you'll hear other influences kind of floating in and out, which is why we get that prog tag. So yeah, sorry for the long convoluted answer, but it's true. <laughs> I know we're loving it. <laughs> um, and you are just, you're getting so much love in the chat and um, everyone is so excited um, that you're here with us today and, and we can't thank you enough um, for being here, but yes, Lots of hearts are blowing up on my phone right now. So lots of hearts and lots of likes. We're sending, I'm sending that right back to you all. Thank you. So Peter, you've also coined the phrase reclaim rock music. So this is not only a phrase, but it's also a movement. So can you tell us about what, what reclaiming rock music really means to you? Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I, can, I can be blamed for that 
I, I think um, a lot of times when we talk after we are rehearsing or while we're recording, you know, we, you kind of have those conversations where you, you kind of maybe, I don't want to say complain, but you kind of let out stuff in your area, your grievances. Usually we don't have grievances with one another. It's just in general. And one of the things we found was going on is that um, I think that sometimes you're, you're sold what like a music or what you're supposed to like, what you're supposed to eat, how you're supposed to dress how you're supposed to feel. And we were feeling for a while that a lot of the music that was supposed to be rock music or hard rock music um, really didn't rock <laughs> at all. We thought it was kind of lame, <laughs> to be honest with you. And um, we were kind of like, we were puzzled um, by things, you know, whether it be, you know, whether it be like Grammy programs or like bills we'd see and, you know, and reviewers would say things about like, this is the next rock movement. And we'd say like, this isn't really rock. It doesn't, it doesn't get me excited, you know? And I, I and again, I grew up um, really being exposed to great rock music and, and rock being, and when I say rock, something that's heavy, but still like had good melody and caught you, made you feel really energized in a day. Um, my first great love and probably one of my, because I'm maybe from New York at the time I grew up in, like I, I was a huge Kiss fan, like crazy Kiss fan. To this day I am, right? Even with even their sillier stuff, I kind of tolerate because I love, but what I loved about them as a kid was besides the escapism and the makeup and the awesome performance stuff, that's incredible. But I, what I loved about them is that they always just made me feel like they made me want to get up and go. Like they rocked, you know, you kind of were like, yeah, you listen to a Kiss record. You're like, yeah, let me, let me take on the day, you know, whether I was in fourth grade or whether I was a college undergrad or whatever, you know, and, um, and I feel like a lot of rock music kind of lost some of that, maybe over intellectualizing, maybe more often corporate entities get involved and they start kind of messing with the special sauce and you forget why you're doing it. So we kind of, the idea for us was we're going to make these, we started out making like these ultra indie records and just kind of, we're going to, we're going to make records that aren't necessarily the cool thing. When we kind of came out on the New York scene, we were, nothing was sounding like us. I mean, I don't think anything sounds like us now, but I mean, in those days it was really like slim pickings. A lot of people were like, what are you doing? You know, we didn't fit um, kind of the college rock radio format. We didn't fit in neatly to any box. So we just kind of decided to kind of stake, you know, claim, put up a flag and say, well, we're reclaiming rock music, not what you define it as, but we're reclaiming it because what you guys think is rock music and what we know is rock music is very different, not in an exclusionary way, but actually just trying to say, actually, I thought we were trying to, we're trying to put down the flag and say like, this is all rock music and it, it should rock and it should be like energetic and it should be sincere and it should be played with people that can play. And that when you go to a show, you kind of, you go, wow, that was great. You know, like, and you saw, you know, us supposed to give you that energy warts and all a little bit of blood on the tracks, so to speak. Um, but it's supposed to be real. And, and I think that that's kind of where the reclaim rock music kind of hashtag or, or little saying came up for us. And it's kind of, it's also kind of to remind us like, Hey man, we're doing okay. <laughs> we're, you might, we might be on these waters, these uncharted waters alone, but you know, it's okay. Cause we know that like, there's a, there's a lineage and there's a history of making exciting music and we should bring it back to the fore. Awesome. Uh, hey, talk your talk, Peter, talk your talk. He's like, what are y'all right. doing out here in the world? <laughs> But speaking of energy and just 
going to a live show. So like you said, it gets you excited to hear um, really good rock music or music in general in the flesh, in person. So when will fans get a chance to hear you and Four Trips Ahead in person this year? That's a great question. Um, you know, we it's been so frustrating um, because and as for fans and for all you know, music lovers and arts lovers, like trying to get to a show or trying to do tours, things are, are kind of starting and stopping. Um, you know, for us, it was very frustrating because we'd hoped to actually go out and do some shows in Europe a couple summers ago. We were hoping we, we had to cancel an appearance last uh, fall for the Richmond Music and um, Film Festival that we were selected for. Um, there were a couple shows in the fall that we were supposed to do in the city, but the pandemic was really bad and we had to cancel those or we kind of never fully committed because we knew that it could be a possibility. So we're hoping that we haven't set any formal dates, but we're really looking to try to play some shows in the spring. Things in New York and New York State are gotten much better. So we're hoping to do some hometown things and then see what the possibilities are. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping like May-ish, June-ish, and then into the summer and the fall that we'll start like playing regularly like we were. That's kind of the, that's the dream, um, you know, and then and at the same time, we're not, we're not being lazy. Um, we're trying to, we're trying to make sure that we continue working on new music. We've been working on a bunch of stuff and writing new things. And the idea is to kind of record some more music to release a full length, um, maybe either late this year or probably realistically early next year. Okay. Yeah, we definitely have to go out to New York for, for those shows, for sure. Yeah, or, but, or hopefully we can move to New Yeah, you guys are always well. You have to let us know. But we're hoping that we can also move and, and do some shows down south and, and just, like, play out, you know. Um, but I think everyone's being a little cautious. Even you're seeing big artists kind of are canceling and starting shows and whatever. So, and it takes on a lot. So it's a reminder, you know, I think a lot of people in the music industry are kind of testing the waters now. So we're, we're hoping to test some waters in the coming months um, because, uh, it, you know, we're also, we're dying to play out live. We miss the energy. We, we miss playing for, you know, fans. And, um, and especially because we don't want this EP to kind of go out there and be out and just with no live shows behind it. So, yeah. And so your, uh, so the band's lyric music video for Hire came out in December. Um, what can fans expect soon from Four Trips Ahead? So the, the video for Hire is actually, it's funny, it's kind of secret. People like they saw it as kind of an exclusive. It's, it was debuted by Brave Words and Bloody Knuckles, um, which is mm -hmm. uh, a great hard rock metal magazine out of Canada. And they did it, but it's going to be officially really launched. You can kind of see it now if you kind of find our social media and find the magazine links. But we're going to actually formally release the video in the couple of weeks when we release the single. So Hire should be coming out soon. We were trying to do it for the end of this month, but some of our artwork got backed up. Um, so we're going to, once all that gets straightened out and everything, it should be released in the coming weeks. And then you'll see the, the video for Hire. Uh, which is a third single. Normally we do like only a couple, but we're really, we feel super strong about this uh, last EP. So we're going to be releasing that. And the cool thing is, so you guys, date Chief Chat debuted um, Remnants Live. We also recorded two uh, two other things are have been edited and recorded from the EP. So there'll be a live showing of It's All Right 
and there'll be a live performance of higher as well. So you guys will be able to see all that um, in the coming weeks. We're going to kind of let it out slowly, but surely. That's incredible. No, that is so exciting. Um, as a reminder for our viewers, the Remnants EP is out now on Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal. You can also rock out to their music videos on YouTube. Peter, before we say goodbye, where can fans go to follow you and keep up with Four Chips Ahead? Well, thank you for asking. So you can find us on uh, the web. Like our website's great. FourTripsAhead.com is pretty updated. But um, our social media stuff on Facebook, we've seen for some reason people still love Facebook for Four Trips Ahead big time. So, <laughs> you know, check us out there. But we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, you know, if you just if you write out F-O-U-R Trips Ahead, you can find us. Um, and please, like, follow us and let us know and give us your feedback about our videos and songs. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. So uh, we got a sp kind of special surprise for you. For you, Peter, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a, a band that you was very influential, and so um, for our Chief Chat viewers, this episode is available on YouTube and Spotify. You can rewatch with your friends and catch up with the past episode. So now on Tuesday, March the first at eleven a.m., we got Rock and Roll Hall of Fame famer uh, Gene Simmons to join us on Chief Chat. So man, we're gonna have to make sure you get that link, Peter, so you can watch watch the uh, Gene Simmons and interview next week. I, I'm excited. Extremely jealous. I met him a long time ago when I was like 17 years old. I met him, and you know, you hear all the you hear horror stories because as a Kiss fan, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that worked for the Kiss organization at different times, or just people that were fans. And were like, man, that guy is not a nice guy, and man, he treated me like this, blah blah. blah. Well, I gotta say, I met him and Paul Stanley when I was 17 at a party I shouldn't have been at. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I, I uh, was able, and I blame my parent. My dad was actually the one that got me into this place. So, you know, you can talk about his parenting amongst yourselves. But he got me into this special event that they were having. It was invitation only. And I was 17, trying to look like I was at least 21 in New York at the height of the late 80s. And I was able to, to go there um, to this event. And it was at this uh, really swanky place. And I met a lot of famous people there that night and I kind of got the gumption and I met both Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and they were really nice. And Gene actually said, Hey man, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if, I'll, if I have the time, I'll tell you a really quick story with Gene, which will break some of the rumors. But I was standing behind people waiting to meet him as an aspiring 17, 18 year old, 17 year old singer. Now I'm waiting behind, he was talking, all these people were chatting him up. And he kind of looked a little bored and he kind of looked over and he and he caught my eye and I caught his eye and he reached over this guy who was in the middle of chatting with him and just said, hi, I'm Gene Simmons. And <laughs> I said, and, and uh, I said, hi, I'm Peter. Um, I said, I, I don't mean to interrupt your conversation. I was just waiting to speak to you. He goes, oh, did you need something? I said, no, I just wanted to tell you that thank you for changing my life and being an awesome you know, musician, blah, blah, blah. And then he turned to the guy he was talking to. He said, you know, this is why I do this. I don't do this to listen to you pitching things to me. And then he looked me in the eye and he said, it was great meeting you, Peter. I, hopefully I'll catch you later. And I thought, wow. So I was happy. I was good for the night. I thought, wow, that's totally different than everything I'd read. So I was, I was on like cloud 10, as you, as you can imagine. <laughs> 
sat down at this party, was chatting up some people, trying to look older. And uh, Gene Simmons, about a half hour later, sat down like right next to me. And I was talking to, there were a couple women there. And of course, Gene being his reputation, <laughs> I know all of you are shaking your head. You know, <laughs> he proceeded to tell dirty jokes for like 15, 20 minutes, just one after the other, funny stories. And it was just so sweet. And I just started talking to him and asking him questions about stuff. And he was super cool. Now, I don't know what's happened since, but I will say that as a 17-year-old musician growing up, and he was already a superstar, I had to say that, and I, I doubt he would remember that, but I have to say he was super cool, and it was really great being from a fellow New Yorker, you know, and he's from Queens where I live. It was very cool. So it's super cool that you're interviewing such an awesome uh, influencer and, and great guy. So I'm sure it's going to be a great talk. Yeah, yes, yeah, I can say it's going to be very entertaining. I can, I can already, I can already probably envision how entertaining this conversation is going to be. But we'll, we'll, we'll definitely name drop you, Peter, uh, during the interview. So uh, please check us do. Out. That would be an honor. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. And so you could also tune in on uh, 11 a.m. on Thursday, March the 10th, when we have we welcome renowned test pilot and astronaut, retired Lieutenant General Tom Stafford, to the show. So, man, Peter, you. We appreciate your time, and you, like I said, you've dropped some some awesome nuggets, and uh, you've you've shared some of your your wonderful music with us, and we just really appreciate you kind of taking some time out of your busy schedule to kind of be on our show and, and, and show us some love. So uh, thank you so much for that. Thank you for for shouting out the military community. Uh, you got we we're going to support you. you. You're such a you know a good spirit. You're like she, like Kiana said, the vibes are on 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 fleek or on a thousand or whatever they say nowadays, but but uh yeah all that man you you were a great great interview we we enjoyed you uh we appreciate um what you do to to like i said give us give us something to kind of channel our, our deep thought and just just entertain and just to get us out of the the craziness that we deal with on a regular basis so uh we wish you and 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 the band the best and thank you so much appreciate you brother thank you i appreciate all of you and your time it was a great time today and thanks for listening to Four Trips Ahead. It means a lot to us. Absolutely. So if you, if you don't you mind hanging on to, to, to after we get off the live to kind of say our formal goodbyes. But uh, again, thank you so much. And uh, Chief Chat out. For more information about your exchange benefit and to shop tax-free for life, visit shopmyexchange.com. To view this episode of Chief Chat or to watch live, visit facebook.com slash shopmyexchange.